all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you could follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis. And we have a very special episode for you guys today, as there was some big news with the Saints this week with the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Now, Russell Wilson and his team put the Saints on one of the franchises that he would like like to be traded to if a trade was going to happen to get him out of Seattle. And that all kind of, I, I would say, escalated from a little earlier where you saw comments that Russell Wilson wasn't happy. And then that kind of ballooned now into now trade starting to be talked about and teams that Russell Wilson wants to go to and the Saints being one of those teams. And that's something that is extremely interesting. And I can't wait to talk about it. I know we talked about some QBs last week in the QB free agent scenario. And then this news just came, you know, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but almost because no one really thought the Saints would uh, be even kind of mentioned with Russell Wilson. And they are. So we definitely have to talk about it now. Do I think it's likely? No, it's never likely to get this generational talent right in the prime of his career on a good contract. So it may happen, but like for him to leave uh, Seattle, it would kind of have to be that Deshaun Watson type situation. It would just have to be, and it will be interesting to see if that would happen or kind of cooler heads would prevail with Seattle. So we're going to talk about it, kind of talk about what you'd give up for Russell Wilson, which is for me a lot. I'm going to get into it. It's going to be really, really fun. But to me, that's an interesting scenario to see how the Seahawks, I mean, an organization run by Pete Carroll and, you know, he's a great coach and what they're doing here. I mean, obviously there is a riff there and that's something that they're going to have to heal if they're going to continue to be contenders. So that's definitely something to watch out for. And then just a little later, I believe it was like a day later, there was some news about Teddy Bridgewater that came out and like Ian Rappaport said a rare intro division trade wouldn't shock me. I know Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints still have mutual respect. And that to me is something that is really interesting. We're going to get into it. I know we talked about the QBs last episode, but we're going to jump into it again. Also, hi to everybody on YouTube. We are on YouTube here. The first episode in a while, we're going to have it on here. And if you want to check that out, definitely uh, do that. You get to see my face and all that stuff. Definitely some fun stuff. And it's a great episode to start the new YouTube production out on as this is, to me, one of the most packed news segments here, probably in February that we've had in a long time, just because of this really huge quarterback news. So I, I just think we're just going to jump right into the Russell Wilson news because I think it's just so, so interesting. And what he did here, I mean, he basically, him and his team, he listed out four teams that he'd like to go to if a trade was going to happen. Now, he didn't, like, call for a trade yet. He didn't pull a Deshaun Watson yet. Like, Deshaun Watson, I, th- I think, like, at this point, he would have to change his mind to come back to play with the Texans. I don't think that's the same thing with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson yet, but it's definitely getting there. And now you pose the question is, who are the teams he wants to get traded to? And when like when that happens, when you have a trade list made out, that's never really a good sign that things are going to get better. I mean, usually things get worse from there because why would a player be plotting out teams he'd want to go to if he didn't want to leave? And that's something that I think we all have to kind of think about in that, Look, I mean, you don't just create lists of teams you'd want to go to just for fun. Like, you do it for a reason. And to me, this is a very interesting reason. 
uh, to for Russell Wilson because you'd think he would stay in Seattle for the rest of his career. But look, they haven't really built around him at all. I mean, they've really drafted poorly and they haven't added an offensive line. Their defense has been shoddy since the Legion of Boom. And yes, you can let Russ cook and he'll have amazing stats and all that stuff. But if you can't build around him, you'll never get back to that championship. And that's obviously something they want to do so. Again, that is a really interesting situation in Seattle. But then you bring it to the Saints, and the Saints are one of the four teams he may want to go to, which is something that is really great. I mean, obviously it gives the Saints some leverage if they were ever going to be in trade talks with Russell Wilson. I think at this point you're definitely calling Seattle to see what the offer would be. And Russell Wilson's just, look, he's a top three QB in my mind, and he's a guy, generational talent. And you look at his contract, and the Saints would only, I think, owe him $19 million this season and they could I, I believe they can kind of change the cap and do what they do with the restructuring and bring that down to seven or something like that number so Russell Wilson's an affordable player and he's a top five QB in the league and he's 32 right in the middle of his prime you probably at this point see six to eight more years of him just the way QBs play and if he's a Saint for six to eight years with this team and we're going to talk about what you'd give up but you're really liking the Saints chance to go to a Super Bowl if you bring in that type of QB QB that reminds me of Drew Brees in his prime I mean he really does I mean, the way he can push the ball downfield, very, very accurate. I mean, you look at what Russell was able to do with not that much talent around him, no real running game, kind of reminds you of those Drew Brees teams when they went 7-9. and nine. I know the, the last two years the Seahawks have been very good, but, I mean, still, I mean, Russell is that good of a player, and you bring him in here and you just, ex- just extended your window for years to come, especially if you can keep this core together. And when you look at Russell Wilson's salary, that's something that you could do. And if you can only get him for $19 million, now I'm assuming he'll want an extension, but then you can just backload that extension. We know the Saints are great at that, so it could probably even keep their window open in the short term and, like, really open, or maybe they'll just not extend him for a year or two, and then you kind of wait a little bit, because then you probably would have to give up a lot here to get Wilson. You may sacrifice one year. Like, if you get Russell Wilson and give away guys like Marshawn Lattimore or, like, a Ryan Ramchek or whatever it may be, it may hurt you for 2021, and you may not win, but who knows? I mean, you actually may because you have that better QB. I mean, that's a, that is definitely an improvement from Breeze, old Breeze, 42 year old Breeze to 32 year old Russell Wilson. It's, it's definitely an improvement. And right now, that's something if you're the Saints, you definitely have to look at. And when you look at your other QB plans with Jameis Winston, whoever, Taysom Hill, whoever it may be, it's just really interesting because, again, it's nothing against Jameis. But, I mean, you're taking the known factor, the known top three QB in Russell Wilson. Now, maybe Jameis grows into that or grows into a top 10 QB or whatever he grows into. We don't know that yet. We don't know that where that potential is. What we do know is Russell Wilson's a top three QB right now, probably for the next six to eight years. And that's something you can just, you, you can't let that go. And that's something that if you're the Saints, you have to inquire about. You have to throw your best offer at. And... Look, I've been on other shows saying that, like, I'd give the house to get Deshaun Watson. But I was like, oh, the Saints would never get Deshaun Watson because they weren't, like, he wasn't the teams. Now you have Russell Wilson, and the Saints are one of those teams. So I'm obviously going to say, you give the house for for Russell Wilson. You you definitely give your best offer. Three first-round picks, I think that's for sure. I think then you add on top of that, probably it's going to be a guy on the offensive line. I mean, supposedly it's maybe Eric McCoy. I know uh, Brian Bianami said that. Um, on Twitter, like they may be looking for interior offensive line. So that's something maybe to look at as well, because again, that's something that would be interesting. I mean, they definitely want to beef up that offensive line for Russell Wilson, but if you trade him, would they still want him? Would they want Ramchek? Probably. 
Lattimore is another guy that they can get a lockdown corner to go with Jamal Adams, make that secondary kind of like the Legion of Boom. And if you're the Saints, I mean, I'd be fine with giving up three first and Lattimore. And if they want to add an offensive lineman, maybe a P-type or maybe a McCoy-type, I'd actually be... It's it's hard. It's hard to give up that much, but I'd probably do it. Looking at Russell Wilson's contract, I mean, the Saints would be at a disadvantage at the cornerback position. But look, we just saw the Bucs with... We've been talking about all last season how the Bucs did not have the secondary to win. And it was a huge weak spot and they need to get it better. And look... Those players, once the playoffs came around, they played just good enough. There are no stars there in that in that uh, that cornerback group, but they played good enough. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting had a really good postseason, and you were right there. Like I mean, and you won the Super Bowl, so like, you don't need maybe that shutdown corner. I mean, just looking at the years past, I mean, the Chiefs didn't have a shutdown corner. The Eagles really didn't have a shutdown corner when they won, and I mean, the Patriots they had Gilmore, so they really the only one. So again, you don't really need need that shutdown corner when you have a Russell Wilson, when you have a Patrick Mahomes type, have that that Bucks offense and Brady, like you may not need and just that amazing front seven from that um what all those teams are really putting up. Like the Eagles had an amazing front seven when they won the Super Bowl and they did a great job with the front seven. Same with the Bucks. I mean and they can kind of help that back end because you get a lot of pressure. And maybe the Saints do something similar there, but then you wouldn't have the first round picks to like add on the, the defensive line. It's all very interesting, but Again, I'd give up the three first-rounders and a Lattimore and probably not a Ramchek at that point. I'd probably give up someone less, probably more of a Pete or maybe a McCoy or maybe a Ruiz. But that's five really good pieces that you can give up that you look at the other four teams. And I heard that the Cowboys may not be interested in. I think Jane Slater said it, that they're probably not interested in the trade. They're going to be more interested in keeping Dak Prescott. So let's say they're not interested in with the trade, they're not interested in it. Then you're really only down to three teams. You have the Raiders, who, look, they can give up a pretty high pick, and they probably could give up Derek Carr as well. But at that point, I don't know if the the Seahawks would want a Derek Carr type. I think they'd probably want a young QB. So I don't know there. So then Derek Carr is maybe expendable, and I think they have, like, a mid-round pick, like, in the teens. I don't know if that's something that the, the Raiders, like, that the Seahawks would love, too. They, they'd obviously... I mean, at that point, want the better players. Like, I don't think that... I know 28 is a lot different than, like, whatever they're picking in the teens. But, like, you're not going to get your your QB probably at that point. You probably... Trey Lance probably won't even be on the board. It'll probably be Mac Jones, who may be on the board at 28 too. So, to me, that's something that... It's not a huge, huge difference. And I'd much rather... I'd much rather have 28 Lattimore and another offensive lineman than 17 in Derek Carr. And so looking at the other team that was on Wilson's list, the Bears... They're a team that, look, I mean, they have that mid-round pick. They made the playoffs, but um, obviously they have, like, that later to mid-round pick, but still a, a higher pick than the Saints, obviously, than 28. And they're a team that, again, who are you going to give up in player-wise? I mean, you're just going to give a lot of picks up. And, again, I don't know if that's something that the uh, that the Seahawks would want. I really think that out of those four teams, you're really, at that point, looking at players and lesser picks but really more players I mean the Cowboys would have the highest pick there but it seems like the Cowboys don't want him so again now you're just at these mid-round picks two late round picks and I'd much rather have look I mean a pro bowler basically every year with Lattimore and then an offensive really solid young controllable offensive lineman with Eric McCoy and you get you're still your three first round picks I mean for me you definitely go out and look at that as the Saints have the really the best players to offer. I mean, they really do at this point. And again, and you could also offer Taysom Hill. Like if they want a QB, you can give Taysom Hill. And 
I mean, Derek Carr is better than Taysom Hill, but if you're getting Taysom Hill and Marshawn Lattimore and maybe a, a a guy like Eric McCoy or Andrews Pete, that's a, that's a slam dunk. And then maybe you can get a Ram check, but then not Lattimore, but maybe you get another young player on the defense. I mean, who knows? But that's to me something that is really interesting. And Lattimore's a guy that, look, I, I love Marshawn Lattimore. I've been talking about keeping this secondary group together. I've been like, been on the top of the mountain screaming it out. But when you can get a guy like Russell Wilson, you do that. You do it 100%. And again, he's a generational talent. And Russ is really, I mean, that that guy that can just reopen the Saints Super Bowl window. Now, maybe Jameis Winston could do that. Maybe Taysom Hill could in these theoretical, theoretical Jameis, theoretical Taysom. But you know that Russell Wilson's real. He's tangible. You know what he's going to do. And there's really nothing in that. I mean, look at his stats. I mean, I'm just going to pull them up real quick here. And this guy for the last really four or five years has just went off. I mean, the last four years made the Pro Bowl every single season. You see the touchdowns way up over 30 touchdowns every single time. His highest interception margin was this year with 13, and he still threw 40 touchdowns. So, again, you're not really worried about the interceptions. I mean, he's a guy that has that high completion percentage, and he was able to do it really without a running game. So you bring him to the Saints with Kamara, with Thomas. I don't think the Saints would give up those guys. And, I mean, maybe you're giving up one offensive lineman, but those interior guys, you could replace them. And with Russell, I mean, a guy that is mobile can get out of the pocket. One offensive lineman isn't going to hurt you. Like one, you know, maybe average one isn't going to hurt you if you still have your tackles. And then you could really just refill through the draft and you have to draft well to make this team well in 2021 for sure. Like this team, especially if you traded Lattimore, your first round pick, and a guy like a like a McCoy, that's three, you know, assets they had that they won't have in this offseason. And who are you really replacing Lattimore at this point? Probably no one that good, maybe a free agent or something, but no one that good. It's definitely, that's going to be a big decrease. And on the offensive line, you'll probably draft someone. Maybe you'll draft someone you know, at both places, but they won't be as good as those two guys, or probably won't be. I mean, you never say never, but they probably won't be. But you are getting an upgrade at quarterback, and you're getting an upgrade at quarterback for years to come. And that's something that is really, really intriguing. You know it's true. Now, maybe the Saints get that upgrade with Jameis Winston. Again, I just told you guys last week, like, I wouldn't expect James Winston to go off for those 40 touchdowns and 13 interceptions like uh, Russell Wilson just did. And he kind of had a down year in the second half of that of that season, kind of the tail of two halves of the seasons for Wilson. And again, that's something that to me is just, it's something that you have to talk about and be like, this would be a huge upgrade that you have to look at. And he, Russell Wilson has the intangibles, has the playmaking abilities to win you a Super Bowl. And we don't, we're not sure if Jameis Winston has that. We're not sure if Taysom Hill has that. So to get someone that does, that's something that to me would be really, really big for this team and really important. So again, that is something that I'm definitely looking at. I mean, Wilson has all the intangibles and you give up a guy like Lattimore for it. You'd give up, I mean, look, giving up two starters and two Pro Pro Bowlers, excuse me, there probably with um, McCoy and Lattimore definitely hurts, but... I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting Russell Wilson. You're getting an MVP candidate. You're getting a top three quarterback in the game. You give up the house. And again, those first round picks, again, they'll hurt, especially if you're not that good and you own a first rounders. But it's the gamble you got to take with this good of a roster. And you'd still have an amazing core. You'd have Russell Wilson. You'd have a really good offensive line still. You still have your two top tackles, all pro tackles. You'd still have a pretty solid interior because you probably you'd either have Pete or McCoy and you'd still have Ruiz. Maybe they can just get, just get rid of Ruiz and not the other guys. I mean, we'll see. And you know, on the defense, look, that front seven is 
if your front seven can get better, it can hold that secondary, kind of hold it up a little bit. You still have some good pieces. You'd have to bring back Williams at that case, but I think you could because Russell Wilson's cap hit could be very, very small this year. It could be like $7 million. So, like, you can definitely bring back Marcus Williams. Like, I don't think this fiscally affects the Saints. It's more of a how is you know, going to affect the pieces of the team because the Saints could offer the best players. And I think out of the four teams, that's what's going to get you not the the draft picks because, like, a team like the Dolphins, a team like the Jets, they can completely blow the Saints out every single day of the week because they have two first-round picks. They can give those two first-round picks up and then two additional first-round picks and be out the same as the Saints' three first-round picks all late in the first round. So that's something that, you know, you can't control. Like, the Dolphins could always one-up you. The Jets can always one-up you. But, look, you look at these teams. I mean, the Cowboys, they don't really want him. So they're really down to three. Is Derek Carr going to one-up you to get to get Wilson? No. Is the whoever the Bears are, you know, <laughs> offering? That's not going to get you you him either. So if Wilson is going to get traded, which is a possibility, is it likely Probably not. I mean, let's put it this way. It's not likely. I mean, is there a chance? Yes. And to have the Saints even involved in this, like, the, for my first reaction was like, it's just great to be here. It's great to be in this conversation. And look, when you have a chance to get Russell Wilson, you look down that avenue and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, at this point, I, I do think the reports were true that, like, these are the four teams that he'd go to and it's starting to escalate for sure. We'll see if it escalates any further. And I think you'll know it soon. Because I think this stuff will snowball pretty quickly if it's an actual thing that's going to happen. If not, then the Saints will have to kind of deal with those other options with kind of judging Taysom Hill, judging Jameis Winston, maybe bringing in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. And then we're kind of back to what we had that conversation last week. But with Wilson, he really makes makes his team really good. And again, he opens up your Super Bowl window. You become Super Bowl favorites, in my opinion. You really do. Like, he's that good. I mean, see what this team did this year. I mean, secondary played outstanding, but and Lattimore is a huge piece to that. But I, I think you can overcome it, especially. I mean, let's say you add someone pretty solid there to replace Lattimore, and then also you can um, really have this great offense and may have the you had the best offense in the league with Russell Wilson, with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara, and only giving up one offensive lineman. That's something that you take every day. That's a replaceable offense. Great offensive lineman. McCoy's great. Pete's really good, in my opinion. Good, or at least solid, above average, but. Again, I do take Russell Wilson in that in that um, in that trade off, and then your first round picks next year and the year after. You're hoping on late round picks, and it's not that big of a deal. And the Saints are pretty good at hitting on those later round picks, second round picks. They hit on Michael Thomas second round. They hit on Eric McCoy second round. They hit on Chauncey Gardner Johnson fourth round. They hit on Alvin Kamara third round. Trey Hendrickson seems like they hit on him third round. Marcus Williams second round. So they hit on these guys for sure. It's just kind of figuring out now. So the first round's not that big of an issue. Now it's just figuring out how do we fill the spots if we would trade for a guy like Russell Wilson. And they'll have to do that with those middle-round picks. And that's going to be something that would be really interesting to talk about. But that's our hypothetical trade talk with Russell Wilson. I'd give up, look, three first-round picks. And Lattimore, maybe an offensive lineman. If I had to go there, I would. And, again, maybe I'd give up two offensive line or two first-round picks, and then you can give up both of them. And then maybe you give up like a Ramchek and maybe another guy if you wanted to. Because I, I do think Ramchek has more value than Lattimore. But still, both guys really are high-value guys and just really, really interesting to talk about. But again, that will wrap up our talk about those two guys. So we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into this Jameis Winston-Teddy Bridgewater debate. That was just, it, it was really, it just caught fire on Twitter and it was really interesting. So I want to jump into that. 
You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to get into our second, I guess, kind of call it like a little of a debate here with our um, podcast for today. We talked about Russell Wilson. Should the Saints trade for him? I say yes. I say give up the house for him. Give those three first round picks. Give Lattimore up. Maybe even someone else needed. You, you get that top QB. You just do. And if the Saints actually do have a chance to get Wilson, I go out and do it. I mean, you know, it, it, again, you look at these these teams that usually acquire these great players, they usually have some success. And like, and, and there's a reason for that because these quarterbacks are legit. Like Brady, he was legit. I mean, Wilson's going to be legit. Sean Watson's legit. I mean, I, I bet Matthew Stafford, he's has a good career in LA and they have a lot of success. Like, I, I definitely think that. And again, you do go out and get that QB. And now I want to talk about if they don't get Russell Wilson, you now fall into to kind of this similar situation you were at earlier here this offseason a lot of people were talking about it and then it kind of just caught fire I believe it was yesterday or the day before um where there was this Ian Rappaport tweet first it was Nick Underhill who basically said assuming that there are like there are no big names part of the, the picture he said that one of the interesting sl- subplots of this kind of Saints QB carousel overall would be if Carolina finds someone new like where does that leave Teddy Bridgewater and kind of the Saints and then you had Ian Rappaport kind of you know reply to that saying that an interdivision trade wouldn't shock him and that Teddy Bridgewater and Saints still have a lot of mutual respect. So that is really, really interesting when looking at those two sides and how Jameis Winston, like who do the Saints choose? Would they get Bridgewater? Would they go for Bridgewater? Or would they keep a guy like Winston in here? Do they think he's the guy? Do they think uh, Taysom Hill's the guy? And I do think this is a really interesting discussion here when talking about these guys and it's something that again you can go with the guy that you won five games with but to me he's more of a game manager or do you go with the guy that look was the Heisman Trophy winner has a ton of potential hasn't shown it yet you you were with him last year you know what he's about and do you think you can untap that potential and it's just like Bridgewater's the guy that to me, has a very high floor. Ceiling's probably not as high as Winston's, but Winston has this really high ceiling and a really low floor. So who do you go go and get? And this is, to me, a very interesting scenario of who the Saints would go after. You had a lot of success with Bridgewater. And when I look at Teddy Bridgewater, I think he does win 11 games with the Saints, uh, 10 to 11 games. I really do believe he could do that, kind of in that Taysom Hill, probably a little higher than the Taysom Hill ranks, but right around that 10, 11 win mark, probably 11. I, I'd say he's, he right now, I think you rank him above Taysom Hill. I think he'd get one more win than Taysom Hill. So I think you have an 11 win season with Teddy Bridgewater, but then you get to the playoffs and it's, can Teddy make the plays you need to go to a Super Bowl? And like, what does this Saints team need also too? Because you could really make the argument that, look, if Breeze doesn't have this gunslinger Drew game where he throws three picks, the Saints beat the Bucks with a game manager like Bridgewater who doesn't throw the three picks. Even though he doesn't do out anything outstanding, he doesn't lose the game. And you're on your way to the NFC Championship game. Who knows? And it's something that's interesting to think about. And look, some teams could win with game managers. Look throughout the years. I mean, that, that uh, Broncos team that won with a great defense, that was a game manager. 
and they were able to win. I mean, Peyton was a game manager at that point of his career. Those 2000 Ravens, that was a game manager with Trent Dilfer. You could look through the years when the Bucks won their first Super Bowl. That had an amazing defense. So, I mean, you can go through and, like, you know, who's winning these and, like, how are they winning these games? I mean, Russell Wilson, when they had the Legion of Boom, look, he made he made the plays they needed to make. And, th- and that's the thing. Like, these all quarterbacks, they may be game managers, but they make the correct plays when they need to. That's what Russell was early in his career as well when they had the Legion of Boom. Won the close games because he didn't turn the ball over. Defense made some big plays. He made some big plays. And it comes together. And, like, you don't need a a just this amazing performance by a quarterback. Now, that happens too. But you don't need it. And that's when Bridgewater comes in. Can he make the plays? And, again, I don't think we know this yet. I don't think we may never know that. But that's the question. We know I think he can bring to 10 or 11 wins. I, I do think he can do that. I think Chase Mills kind of the same place. Can they make the plays to win in the postseason? I think that when you look at it, like he's a game manager, and sometimes game managers, they just elevate. And maybe a guy like Nick Foles, I mean, look, he just went from like this average QB to like this this stud when he played in the playoffs. That's possible too, but just when looking at these guys in Bridgewater, it's just really interesting. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, I mean, I, I would say, especially after last season, like probably not, because he just did not play well last season. That was with the worst team for sure. Um, but he did not play well. I mean, you just look at the stats. They were definitely a dip from the 2019 stats where he did play well with the Saints, but that was also with a bad team, and it was a bad year. Like, James had bad years. Like So, like, you can't give him that much flack for it because – but you could too because, again, he did not – I mean, you look at the stats. They just really weren't good. I mean, it was a dip. It was definitely a dip from New Orleans, and obviously only played five games or started five games with the Saints, but 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions – it's not so good that interception percentage was up, was up from uh, 1% to 2.2%. So it rose a whole percent and, or more than a whole percent, only won four games. That's an issue. He won more games with the Saints than he did with the, the Panthers. That's obviously not so good. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with the talent around him. And I think he needs that great talent. And I think the Saints would give it to him, though. I, I think they would. And, and you'd see this offense probably still be a top 10 offense with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, right around a top 10 offense, which, again, with the defense, and he doesn't turn it over a lot. He'll win those 11 games. Can he get it done in the playoffs? And that's something that I don't know. I really don't know. I, I mean, I, I like, and, and that's why I want to definitely want to hear what you guys think. But I'm going to go after this year, probably not because he didn't elevate a bad team to even win regular season games. But then you watch those Saints games and you'd say he just came in after Drew Brees really did a nice job in that locker room. He led that team and he led them to five wins against good teams. They beat the Cowboys. Um, I remember they beat the Bucks. I mean, who weren't really that good. They were like an average team, but still, um, the Cowboys were right around being a playoff team in 2019. Um, I think they were like nine and seven or something. So and that was another game. You had the Seattle game where they were a playoff team. They he won, and then I remember they beat the Bucks, and then um, I think they beat the Jaguars. I mean, maybe I'm missing one game, but you get the point. He beat some pretty good teams. That I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. That Seattle game, I didn't expect them to win. That Dallas game, I didn't expect them to win. Expect them to win the Bucks Jaguars games, but. Again, you kind of get what I'm what I'm uh, getting at here. I mean, he, he exceeded expectations. That's why he got the contract. But, again, can he win in the playoffs? And that's something that I think with the Saints he can. I don't know if he could win. Like, to me, I, I think he would have got them to the NFC Championship. But I don't think he, he makes the plays probably that even Brady made. And I know he threw the three picks, but he made some really nice plays as well. Again, maybe he does if the Saints defense plays good and he gets them to, like, 23, 24 points. And that's enough, then that's enough. Or 27 points, like... Again, I feel like he's not going to make the big mistakes. He's just not going to. Jameis could. He definitely could make those big mistakes, and he will in games. He will. He definitely will. But does it characterize the games, or does it characterize the majority of the games? And that's something that we kind of have to talk about. But 
all in all, I, I don't think that, I mean, Teddy is just an interesting one. I think he can grow to get it done. I mean, I know that he's kind of now getting into that private career where he's got to show himself and it depends on the money where he's at. Like if a trade, I think if it's a trade, I think the Saints would have to pay a lot, like 17 million and you couldn't really, you'd have to like extend them to restructure. I don't see that happening. I see a cut. And at that point, I, honestly, I think he would get cut. What team is trading any value for Teddy Bridgewater after you brought in like a Deshaun Watson? Let's say they bring in Deshaun Watson. No team is really trading for Teddy Bridgewater because they know you're not going to keep. You're not going to keep Deshaun Watson at a big contract and Teddy Bridgewater with a big contract together. That would be too much money in the quarterback position. You'd have to get rid of him. And the way you're going to do that, like teams are going to be like, look, we know it. So you have to cut him and you're going to get no value and still have to pay him like 10 million. And that's something that he's going to, I think that's going to happen. Now, if they drive to the QB, different scenario. They could be like, oh, like Teddy's going to start. Then the, you know, the rookie's going to come in. So in that situation, I can still see him getting something in return, maybe a fourth-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, but nothing major. I mean, I really do nothing major here. So, again, when looking at it, I do think that uh, Bridgewater, he's a guy that, look, if you're going to not pay him a lot, like if, if he's going to be that guy that's paid – like if he's getting paid more than Jameis, I'd take my chances with Jameis. But if he's going to be the same, maybe even a little less, I think if he gets cut, I, I think he would look for a little less – um, probably in that seven million, eight million dollar range because he's already getting paid like a good amount with the Panthers. So just cover the difference, he'd probably uh, take a lower salary to like go with the better team. But that's something that is interesting. And if he's equal to Jameis, it really begs the question: Do you want the guy with the high floor and lower ceiling, or do you want the guy with the high ceiling, lower floor? And that brings us into Jameis Winston, and he's a guy that I can see him winning the eleven games, winning the twelve games. I mean, I, I see him winning 12 games if he's really, like, at that top level. If he really got better, he's playing Apex Jameis every week. I see this team being really good, probably just just as good or very very similar to the, where they were last year if Jameis plays and where a lot of people think he's going to play. I mean, some people think he's going to jump onto the scene, throw for 4,500 yards, throw for 30 touchdowns, and only throw, like, 13 picks. Like, I mean, sign me up for that. But I, I, I just I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see him probably more than that at, like, 11 win range. Probably like Bridgewater. And then will he in the playoffs, though, will he get better or, or will he kind of shrink? And that's something you have to talk about. And then I could even see him not playing well in the regular season and the Saints winning like six, seven games. Like, that's why, I mean, I was talking about you'd like to see Jameis because you'll see very quickly if he's going to be this 11-win guy, 12-win guy, maybe even better and see the potential or be the 6-7-win guy. You'll see it very quickly. And like, that's just we've seen with Jameis. Like, we saw it with the Bucks. And we're going to see it again for sure. Like, you're going to see if he made those tries or he didn't. That's just simply what it's going to be. And that's why if the Saints weren't going to bring in a guy like Russell Wilson, I'd like to see Jameis because you want to see it. You want to see what you have in him so we can figure it out and then move on one way or another. That's what I would do. But that's just kind of where you are with those two guys. And then um, that's, I guess, why you'd want to see Jameis in there. Maybe I'm answering the question. You go Jameis because you see that potential and you'll take the potential over the high floor. But I don't know, like you see maybe Teddy in a team effort can get it done because he doesn't throw the picks. And if you have, if your defense gets better and your team gets better and progresses with, with Teddy, like if he is a better team than what he did, or just the same team that he had this year, they'll have a chance to win the playoffs and he'll have a chance. We'll have a chance to see what Teddy's made of too. Like, so you can probably go either way with this. I'd probably go towards Jameis. This is all money aside. I'll say money's the same. I'd go towards Jameis because he has that he has that Super Bowl winning potential. He does. Um, Teddy, I'd lean towards he doesn't. 
Jameis I'd lead towards he does. And that's kind of where your difference is. You're kind of looking at more potentials because, I mean, you'll see. Or I mean, Jameis has a much lower floor, and you can win six games with Jameis for sure. Like, he can throw his high interceptions and give you trouble. I mean, even when he wasn't throwing 30 interceptions, he still had a very high interception rate. Let's, you know, you look at it, 28 touchdowns, 18 picks. I mean, 22 touchdowns, 15 picks. 19 touchdowns, 11 picks in only 13 games. Um, when he started nine games, he had 14 picks. The picks are going to be there. Um, it's just, can we get that touchdown rate up? Can we keep it? Can we keep the touchdown rate at that 5%, throw the 33 touchdowns, but then get that uh, interception rate down to the uh, 2.5% range where where he was at his lowest? Uh, so can we can we do that? And that's where you really see, uh, you'd really see Winston take off. And look, that's something that you'd want to see. Uh, that's why I'd go, it's very, very close. I, I, I honestly do believe that. Um, you, but it's close, but I, I would go Jameis. Um, I think he has all the more potential and you want to see that potential because he has that Super Bowl winning potential. So you want to see that and you want to see if you have it. Like, and then he becomes a known, not a question mark. And then you can just move on from there. And again, Teddy, he's a guy that I think we know his potential at this point, probably more of a game manager that would need the team to rally for him to get it done. And that's more difficult to have it in the playoffs. So, Again, maybe like you could probably still win one with him, but it'll be harder because you need your team, everyone to play well. Jameis, I think, at his top, he can be like a Nick Foles that carries a team or something like that. I do believe that. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking there with these guys. So really fun podcast, guys. I think that is going to wrap up this episode. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, definitely follow us at the Houdat Disc. If you're watching this on YouTube, definitely subscribe. Leave that thumbs up. Really would appreciate it. First video back. There will be more and more videos, hopefully with more and more um, kind of features added. Right now, I know it was just like, you know, um, the, the camera and then a little more graphics, but not like too much. Like maybe in the future, we'll get highlights in there or something like that to make it fun. Uh, so definitely check us out there to see how we're going to grow here on YouTube. And then we should have highlights out later from the show where we jump into, you know, little little segments um, that maybe you missed or want to hear more about that we'll just clip and put together on YouTube. So that will definitely be fun as well. And just be another added uh, place you can listen here to our show. You could also follow us on Instagram at Houdat Discussion and then listen to the podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. Really fun episode here. And again, it was a very interesting one. It's all about the quarterbacks right now. The news, it will continue to come out. This episode will probably come out either at night on the 28th or March 1st. And again, we won't really figure out what the Saints will do until that free agency comes around. And we didn't even talk about Drew Brees, who was seen, um, he was uh, working out, which was really interesting. Maybe, again, he, if he came back for $12 million, I mean, that would be just, it, it, it would really shock me. That's why I really didn't talk about it. I really don't think he's coming back. Um, I'd be very, very surprised just because of the salary. I mean, if he's willing to play for $12 million, that's, I mean, he, he he's a different animal. I mean, if he's if he's willing to do that and only play for $12 million, um, and maybe he just feels like, look, at this point in my career, I'm not that $25, $30 million guy. I'm only that $12 million guy. I don't really know. I still think if he came back and if he was a quarterback, the Saints team wins 11 games, and then you get to the what type of breeze we get in the playoffs. Like, we could talk about it all you know, all off season long, same with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But again, it would just be interesting. And I know like Saints Twitter, um, they're done with, with Breeze or a lot of them, a lot of people are done with Breeze, which is rightfully so. I mean, I, I, we don't know, like at this point, like I wouldn't say like, 
I'm a hundred percent done with Breeze per se. But like, I mean, if he like, I I do think that he'll retire, and it would be a natural point for him to retire. I mean, I think this is a good point for him to just, especially where the Saints franchise is that you have an amazing core for this next QB. Like, it's a really just like natural spot. So, I mean, again, I definitely, you know, you're looking, you're interested in the next QB, and you're definitely like, you know, it, like it's it's a natural fit. Like, I'm ready to move on. If he comes back. Then you have a lot of questions like, what breeze are you getting? Is it going to be worse than last year? Like, are we going to get this playoff breeze? Are we not? That's a different scenario for another day. Definitely want to get into that as well. And I'll leave those questions open for now because I bet we'll talk about it later if he came back. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Turn it loose. And who dat?